Welcome Seekers of Truth, coming to you from the edge of the known universe, better known as the Granite State, home of Betty and Barney Hill. Through the magic of electronic alchemy, a portal to another dimension has opened. You are about to make a metaphysical connection. This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. Coming up next on the Metaphysical Connection, Walt Schnabel, Jim Loretta, and I, Eric Renderking Fisk, begin a multi-part series on the Tavistock Institute. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned. So, are we on? Yeah, well, no, we're on. Just to let everybody know here, um, we actually started the show a little bit early, which won't matter to you because you'll you'll hear this. Uh, you'll hear, hear the show at the regular time. Right now, I have Walt and Jim on the show, and we started up um, started firing up the the computer and, and and warming up the equipment by telling a couple of bad jokes, and I butchered this poor old joke. <laughs> that I've known for ages. You did, Eric. I have to, I have to say, you really did. And the thing is, is that <laughs> you hacked it up. And, he, and but here's the thing: you weren't laughing at the joke; you were laughing at how badly I told it. Well, so. now I, I laughed at the joke. I liked the punchline. <laughs> so anyway, um, this week we're doing we're going to be doing um, part one of a series of shows on the Tavistock Institute. Um, because Walt and I and Jim agree we cannot do this show uh, in, in we can't do this topic in just one show and I wanted to also sort of say here that this is going to tie up a lot of loose ends in shows that we have done in the past perfect example and I was when I was doing my preparation for our show notes Walt um, when you had brought up the Tavistock Institute uh, and everything that they they are involved with, um, it led me back to some other websites that are actually listed in the show notes of other um, episodes of the Metaphysical Connection that we've done. One name in particular I thought was very interesting, Alan Dulles, former head and the founder of the CIA, and uh, the precursor among many other among many other things. Uh, many other things. So the thing is, is that if you think that well, we're we're just repeating ourselves over and over and over again because we've got nothing new to say. No, no, that's not the case at all. We are probably going to revisit a couple of things that we had said before because there's a lot of evidence out there, and it could be just circumstantial, but there's a lot of evidence that the Tavistock Institute has their grubby little tentacles and a whole bunch of other things but before we get into that i'd say claws claws i, I, I say tentacles use, walt walt i, I think okay. te- i think tentacles is more i mean if you want to say claws that's fine but i, I think they're more like tentacles but tentacles with claws on the end how about that that's we'll compromise and say both yeah. but, but anyway but the the real question i bet a lot of people are wondering is uh so jim um do you got any news of the paranormal for us this week i have a lot of news, but in the interest of time today, I'm just going to focus on one area. First of all, let me address, 
your topic for today, the Tavistock Institute, and their their singular goal is to destroy individuality so that they can move towards a one world order. And if you look around, it kind of answers a lot of questions I've had, like, you know, why do they hide a labeling of GMOs because the public, you know, won't buy them if they knew about them. So little by little, they're like closing in on us and taking away our individual decision making and making this more drone like i think the final result eventually we may not see it is everybody chipped because they won't be able to do anything or have you know there's no customer service left so if you want to if you want to function you don't want the aggravation of trying to deal with institutions hey just scan your chip on your computer you can buy this you can do that you can complete this transaction so i think your your topic today is timely i think it i think it does tie together a lot of loose ends of the various shows that that you guys have done so that being said what i would like to focus on is a couple articles i came across and basically it's um there's 50 million households that make up makes up 43 percent of america's 119 million households and according to the data released by the united way they can't afford the basic fundamentals of living like rent and food and utilities. Meanwhile, um, the Pentagon is spending over a billion dollars developing killer robots. They want to have them in the field and operational by 2040. I got a feeling that uh, they're going to have them ready before then. And this leads into the article that I sent you guys that I found very interesting. Uh, Linda Moulton Howe, fairly reputable uh, investigative reporter and um, she has a connection with a special forces marine who is retired uh, but at the time was working with special forces he would only talk to her for 30 seconds because they were they were tracking everything and basically he said there's a lab in japan they developed four autonomous robots killer robots and uh, they went out of control. They killed, evidently killed 29 humans in the laboratory. They were able to dismantle three. And before they could get to the fourth, uh, it was already in touch with a satellite trying to download information to make itself uh, stronger and um, uh, learn how to ward off the humans that were left. Now, that sounds like ridiculous sci-fi nonsense, but um, she's reputable and given what they're working on and the amount of money they're spending on it and what they hide from us, I do think like, uh, like Terminator come true. I think I think it's here. I think it's here and coming uh, soon to your local battlefield. So I want to know what you guys think about all this. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, it, so- it sounds like it's become um, <clears throat> what the kind of like what the tipping point with AI is when it becomes self-aware. <laughs> and if, if that um, robot was trying to access um, a satellite to, to enhance its strength or whatever it was doing, that sounds to me like that's exactly what happened. It became self-aware and it, it had some kind of dis- defense mechanism mm-hmm. that had been developed and it was probably programmed into it somehow. Um, you know, you know, the end of the day, it, it's all about the programming that that it receives. Yeah. So if somebody goes rogue on the programming and says, "Okay, I'm going to program this into it," <clears throat> that's you know the the product is whatever happens as a result of that. That that's that's what the qualities that that 
that that well, they're they're delving has, right. You know? They're delving into <clears throat> unknown territory, and um, you know, they're it's called experimenting. So they don't really know what the outcome will be. And I've I've seen a lot of articles that I didn't bother downloading, but uh, people in the know, I'm hearing a lot of warnings in the past two or three months about AI, about that being uh, far more dangerous than our our concerns about nuclear weapons. The, the you know the the coming artificial intelligence uh, you know um, science that's that's they think is going to be very dangerous for us and um, I don't know I I think that um, I go back to that moon article where they said they found an artificial uh, robot head on the moon and brought it back and it go- ties into the other articles that uh, you've had on the shows about. The U.S. government working hand in hand with aliens to, um, in exchange for technology, <clears throat> they were they've been allowed free hand on the planet. So, like maybe uh, this is where it's coming from, and maybe we don't have enough information to put safety checks in place when we're trying to develop these these type of autonomous robots. I, I just I do think it's if this is true, and I believe it is. It's it's it's. It is a threat, I think a that, large threat. Yeah, I think what's terrifying is the notion that there are people out there, scientists who are working in university labs all over the country with the notion of, well, it's going to happen whether or not we want it to or not. So we, we got to be the people who do it first. And it's like, if we do it first, then we can put a patent on this and we can we can lead the war or, you know, against these things or whatever. Um and the the entire notion is is it's insanity. the The notion is that you have to do it first before anybody else, so you can get credit for destroying the world. Is that right? Do I have you correctly? You want credit yeah. for destroying? Well, and and you know, um, oddly enough, that you bring up universities. A lot of the universities that we look at as you know prestigious uh, tanks of intellect and um, are are tied in with Tavistock. Yes, um, Stanford mm-hmm. University is one. Yeah, MIT. Um, oh, MIT. MIT. Yes, MIT is another one. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's all tied together. It's it's you know it's a it's a confluence of all of these forces coming together. Well, um, I, and, and I, Tavistock I, is behind a good portion of it. I really think it, not to defend the universities, but I think they've been coerced by you know the uh, the money, the government grants. I think it's funding. a hubris. I totally it's no, 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 Jim. I, I completely, totally disagree with you. I, I don't think that they're they're being bought off. I think that it is just purely hubris that these people they just want to be the ones to get the credit for for come for well, making it yeah, happen. You're right. It, it it is hubris, but it's all you also combine that with like the oodles of oodles of money that's offered to them in these contracts yeah. to, to develop things and come on board, I think they look the other way. For, for well, and, and, and they also, they guide the direction of the research to, you know, if it doesn't go a certain way, then they threaten to pull the funding out. Exactly. You know, the, the Rockefeller Foundation does that a lot. They, they can, I came to realize after reading this book, the, the Rockefeller Foundation is, you know, one of the main sources of control. You know, they, yep. they have their hands in almost everything. Um, they have a huge amount of money, and um, they yep. they control, every, you know, the way things go, the, the research. And, um, you know, and getting back to AI again, 
um, if you notice, they're running commercials now uh, that are showing how wonderful AI is and all the things that it can do for us. And oh, yeah. Have you noticed, have you noticed uh, that? I have noticed it. I have noticed it. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They have that uh, the guy, He's a, I guess he's a black rapper. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very persuasive in, in the way he speaks. And he, uses, he uses kind of almost a rap rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or, which probably even goes back to um, the 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 way that ministers deliver sermons. The black yeah. ministers they right. have a cadence and a rhythm that's very Hypnotic. very persuasive yeah. and 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 very. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know. It just makes you want to pay attention to it. You know Exa- exactly. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is you know running these ads. They're getting that into our consciousness that AI is. Is great. It's gonna it's gonna solve all these problems, and you know it's just it's just one more way to manipulate our, our viewpoint on and what the what the reality of things yeah, is. I agree. What's your take on Linda Moulton? How do you think she's legit? I mean, I do based on her credentials. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. I th- I think she's um she's done a lot. Of, she's done a number of really legitimate documentaries. She's she's been at it for a long time since the. I know I think she the late, late 70s. Yes. Uh, and she's got a lot of credibility. She's within the, you know, within the sort of alternative mm-hmm. community. She's, you know, she's right up there with. Well, that's with, why I, that was a loaded question. I just wanted to have that inserted into the podcast because most people might write her off as like, well, that, that person's crazy. No, she's not crazy. Here's she's what legit- we I'm sorry, Walt, uh, Jim. But here, here's what we do here at the Metaphysical Connection. We just give out all this information and our our opinion on the information, and we allow the listeners to decide whether or not you agree with Linda Moulton Howe or not. That's that's up to the listeners. I'm not going to say one way or another exactly. that she's right or right. wrong. What I'm no. saying is Linda Moulton Moulton Howe said this. It's up to you mm-hmm. to decide if whether or not you agree with her. I personally, I think that she has put herself out there to the point where she said, yeah, I know I sound crazy, but mm-hmm. but that doesn't discount the fact that this is this is what I have observed or this is what people have told me. Now, is she being used by somebody to get the word out for arduous reasons or are people using her for disinformation that's for that's for you guys to decide not us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly yep and you know that's always possible that people get used as agents of disinformation um, this, true but but you know you don't know that's that's the whole thing you don't know I, I think you have to look at everything that you take in and filter it through your own and your own um, screen you know, and, and see what's what resonates with you and what makes sense. Uh, and what. I I think that it came out of a Japanese lab makes it more believable because if you look at some of the things, uh, the articles that have come out in the past year, they are at the forefront of developing robotics. And some of them, oh, yeah. some yeah, they have like uh, they have uh, I think they have they created a store greeter that was extremely lifelike. I mean, it's just amazing. They're moving leaps and bounds. Is that in Walmart? <laughs> no, they couldn't fit I the ass saw. on. The, they couldn't fit the ass on the robot. Required <laughs> <laughs> too too much engineering. <laughs> 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 no, 
Yeah, but but you're right. The Japanese are in the forefront of that. They're they're creating robots that are yes, very right. lifelike. Yeah, but they have to. They, I mean, one of the issues that they have in Japan. I don't know if anybody does. Anybody remember Fukushima? Is, is that too? Is that all the time? I know Jim does. Is is that too much of like ancient history? Because it w- it wasn't in last week's People magazine. You have it, this. The, the concern that I have is that they well, two concerns actually. We've forgotten about Fukushima. Fukushima is no longer front page news anymore. People are not concerned about what's going on with the Pacific Ocean, thanks to Fukushima. And second of all, Japan is at a point where they have to build these robots by necessity to try and clean up what's going on with Fukushima. And they are like racing at a breakneck speed, not to make autonomous robots that look like the Terminator or look like you and me or um, Cherry Sexbot 2000. Um, but they're building these robots to help clean up the mess at Fukushima. How do you make them more durable? How do you make them so that they won't break down? Um, That's interesting. Being exposed yeah. by radiation. It's, it's by necessity than anything else. And it was just like, thanks to Fukushima, <laughs> are we facing a mass extinction event because of Fukushima? Not because of the radioactive material, but the robots that they had to build to clean up the radioactive material. That's something that's else. That's pretty right? interesting, Eric. Yeah. That's that's, a, that's some good thinking there. Quite possibly. I know that I read that they're they're rapidly reaching capacity on storing the radioactive water, and then what do they do? I guess dump it. Oh I yeah. Don't know. What do you dump it in the ocean? Dump it in the ocean. I stopped ordering my seaweed extract and other things from uh, Japan simply because I don't feel like it can be trusted anymore. So. Anyway, that's what I have for this week. I, w- I wish I could stay longer, but I'm up against it with my construction. And hopefully the next time we meet, I'll have more articles and I can be more relaxed and s- stay a longer time. So, yeah, and we're probably going to be doing part two of the uh, Tavistock show. So yeah, two, week. two weeks? In two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Unless, okay, great. Great. Unless okay. we get a guest or something that, um, you know, we have to try to schedule but um i'll keep in touch one one thing i wanted to leave you with real quick you know i think you find this interesting is uh and i know i got i got um eric's interest with this is is that the tavistock was was heavily involved um in the kennedy assassination no wow okay and and one of the things that he points out when and this will probably be come into play in the second part of this of the show but the the movie Gladiator. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where he's being led off to be killed. Mm-hmm. And if you slow down the movie, frame by frame. Yeah. There's there's one frame where it says Kennedy. The the word Kennedy is is flashed. No way. Yeah. So That's so they're so they're equating they're 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 putting it in the consciousness. That they're equating that scene where, um, you know, where the gladiator is being led off to to be killed, mm-hmm. and the the murder of Kennedy. Interesting. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. That is very interesting. Yep. So that's the kind of thing that we're being faced with. Um, and there's also another scene where it happens too, mm-hmm. in the in that particular movie. So you know, and and another thing, if if you think about going back to the AI thing, if you think about the the movie Alien, which which you and I, Jim, saw in the <laughs> theater for the first time, and we're like uh, totally blown away with it. We totally, we, totally. I remember, totally. I remember us deeming it an instant sci-fi classic. Uh, 
Oh yeah, on, on the spot. On the spot. Um, the the idea that the that the robot was the you know was the um, was the villain really in that. That's and, right. And you didn't you didn't realize that even at the beginning of the movie you didn't realize that the that the character was a robot until you know until right. until it became apparent. So mm-hmm. you know are all of these things being put out there to you know to get a piece of our consciousness? You know That's, who knows? I, I don't. Yeah, I I do think that people are using the media as a means of warning us about their concerns or fears of what's going on uh, in modern society. Uh, Well, I think both ways. I think it's going both ways. I think uh, the media is being used to manipulate us. And then maybe on the other hand, there's people who realize that and they're they're trying to warn us in the opposite direction. You know, maybe that's what James Cameron was doing with that scene. And Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, Ridley with, the, Scott with the original one, Alien. One, la- one last thing, let me piggyback on that. It's like, this is my one of my pet peeves, is that the media is so controlled. It's rapes, robberies, murders, car accidents, home invasions. Anything of substance that people should know about that would like raise their ire and educate them is never shown. None of the stuff that we talk about is ever reported upon. It just it just blows my mind how much control they have over it. And people just sit there and they watch the sports, they watch the news, they watch the weather, and they think that's it. That's not life. That's not what's going on. Bread and circuses, man. It's it's the concept yeah, of bread and exactly, circuses. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You got it. We are so concerned about these superficial things, we don't even bother to realize that they're working behind the scenes, whoever they are, whether it's CIA, MI5, MI6. Tavistock Institute, whoever they are, the deep state. Yeah. All, we have all these. And I've, I've been saying this for more than 10 years. I've been saying this on my own website for since 2004 and on other websites that I used to. You call attention to what the government is actually doing um, and, what, and, and what you are witnessing. Mm. You get yourselves in a hell of a lot of trouble. It, um, it was um, Halloween. 2008 former campaign workers for Jean Shaheen when she was running for senator they called me up and a whole bunch of other webmasters and bloggers and because we called out a lot of the corruption that's happening here in here here in New Hampshire with Jean Shaheen and her husband Billy no big contracts um and I, I had called attention to it I called attention to how um Jean Shaheen um, how the Sheehans were too close to, to, to Bill and Hillary Clinton and stuff like that. I, I, and my name is on a, a watch list, Gene Sheehan's watch list, not once but twice hmm. because of the things that I have posted on the Internet. Um, well, Eric, watch out. They'll find you bludgeoned in your driveway. Oh. And I, hate to, I hate to cut you short, but uh, Kelly and Ryan just came on. I don't want to miss it. Yeah, I, know. I, know you, I, I know you want to dance along with them when they come out you want to, you want to, <laughs> Jim's a huge just, fan just, of Ellen just don't do a flip and have your gun fall out and shoot somebody <laughs> I couldn't even believe I saw that oh my god really it's crazy it's crazy everything okay Jim I know I know you got to guess we'll everything's guess, crazy but, um, I'll leave you with that yeah that See is you crazy guys. Thank okay, you. take it easy, Jim. Thanks right. for joining us. All right, later. Bye. <laughs>
we kind of touched in our earlier half hour with Jim. We kind of touched on the topic today. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't, I don't know where you want to start with this, but it's, it's as we said, it's a, it's a very broad, all-encompassing topic. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be. I, I will be sort of cryptic when I when I say this. I am really sort of concerned about what's going on with society right now and the state of disinformation where it does seem as if that there is a uh, very obvious disinformation campaign from the government. I think one of the things that I will look up here is if you look, if you just do your own search um, on the topic of the flat earth, look up CIA flat earth and Mm -hmm. you should come up with couple of links to uh, the round earth on flat paper FOIA page from the CIA and it does seem to turn out without without a shadow of a doubt the CIA was actually conducting social experiments to see if whether or not they could convince the most gullible people in our society to believe that the earth is actually flat and I think it's shocking at how well that they were able to succeed at that. I think it's amazing to see how many people actually believe the earth is flat because of some bogus evidence and crazy crackpot conspiracy theories that are out there. Mm-hmm. And everything that everything that you see from coming out of NASA um, is fake. They, they seem to think that every all the pictures of the round earth is fake. Elon Musk's rocket launch with, you know, uh, the Starman in, in, in the convertible Tesla. That's fake. They insist that, that it's all fake. It's all created in a, in a studio by people like George Lucas or the folks over at ILM. And it's like you can't even reason with these people after that they've been brainwashed by the CIA into believing this stuff. And, and on top of that, you, you can't even have a rational conversation with these people where it's like if you say, here is the evidence that the CIA has been screwing with people, trying to get them to con- convince them of something that's categorically not true. And people will say, oh, well, that evidence has been the, the, C, the evidence that the CIA has been planting this disinformation is disinformation in and of itself. And it was, and they'll and they'll tell you, oh, go outside and, and look. Does the world look round to you? And it was like, how can you be that? How can you be that stupid? How could people be so stupid to believe that the Earth is actually flat? When for, for, we're talking four thousand years of science and math and geo, geography and geometry proves otherwise. And it's like, well, here's what it comes down to, Eric. And and this, I, I learned a lot of the things we're going to be talking about, or at least that I'm going to be talking about anyway, is is uh, coming from a book called the Tavistock Institute, um, subtitled Social, "Social Engineering of the Masses" by Daniel Estulin. And and he starts out by sort of um, tracing the history of of mind manipulation and yeah. brainwashing and programming and and a lot of this um, stuff really came to the forefront with Nazi Germany 
because they used it so successfully. Although they didn't start it, you know, it goes all the way back to um, things like the Inquisition, and you know, it goes it goes way way back to to feudalism, even where the where the king or the ruler tried to manipulate the the mindset of the masses. <clears throat> so so what it involves is, and and this is what the Nazis did to you know, to the nth degree, is they figured out that what you have to manipulate is somebody's perception of reality. So that if you have somebody that believes A, B, C, D, as, you know, premises of, of what their truth is based on, if you can change that A, B, C, D to E, F, G, then that's the way they're going to perceive reality. And, and that's really what the basis of, of mind control is and brainwashing. And brainwashing is kind of another aspect of it. Um, but that's really what I think they're doing there is they're saying that, you know, one of the things that you believe as truth is that the earth is round. Okay, well, we're going to put this out there that that A is now going to become F and that F is that the, that the world is flat. And if you hear that enough times in the right concept, in the right context, maybe some people will believe that. And and that's really what it comes down to. That's what the real basis of it is. And that's why all of the advertising and all of the everything that we're exposed to, that we're bombarded with, is, is pointed toward that, is changing our perception of reality. I think that's, is that what you're getting at? I, oh, I think no, so. I, I think that that is exactly what's going on here because if you can convince mm-hmm. somebody of such an absolute total lie such as the shape of the earth that's just the beginning if you can convince somebody uh, let's just say that you can convince somebody that the sky is not actually blue but it's green mm-hmm. and you and you can actually get them to see the sky as being green well then you're home free you can convince these people to that's do it. anything there you go that's it that's well, exactly right once you convince them of a a, a simple fact like such as that such an easy fact that's so easy to disprove no the the sky is not is not blue it's green then all of a sudden you can look at other things like morality you can throw morality out the door you can throw reason common sense the, the line between good and evil and another thing that i think is really sort of shocking is the way that news is being reported. Whereas you can have a, an absolute total sensational news story. Perfect example is, is the whole thing about this, um, I think, was it in Utah? This, this um, child sex slave ring was broken up. Uh, and Jim was going to talk about this, but he did not have the time to sort of d- divulge into this. There was a, an underground child sex ring that was discovered by authorities. And a news crew came along with them and took video of these kids who were being kept in these underground shelters that were used as sex slaves or going to be used as sex slaves. And Snopes, the website Snopes, swooped in and said, that's a bogus news story. Why would they do that? Why would Snopes say, oh, no, no, that's, that's, that's not true, when obviously it did happen? Well, there again, they're, they're, they're manipulating people's perception of reality. What else is Snopes and, lying and, about? And, and that happens 
you know, that happens on Facebook, I think, too, you know. You know, you have all of your friends saying this, this, and this, and then they keep saying it, and all of a sudden that becomes part of your of your consciousness, you know. And um, that's where everything is going and has been going that way for much longer than people realize, I think. You know, this this is not a new thing. This is not within the last 20 years or 30 no. years. No. This began really right after World War II. Um, <clears throat> the guy who who actually founded Tavistock, um, his name is John Rawlings Reese, R-E-E-S. Um, he's, um, he's pretty much the, the, the one who came up with these concepts of, or, or at least he put them into practice. I mean, I'm not saying he came up with them, but it was really an extension of what um, the Nazis were doing. Yeah. It was like post-World War II. And, you know, everybody thinks that um, Operation Paperclip, for example, had to do with Nazi scientists come over, coming over and that extending into NASA and the space program. But guess what? It was really much more than that. Yeah. There, there, was, a lot of, there was a lot of psychological warfare that the Nazis engaged in that was transferred um, and one of the places it was transferred to was England, which is which is where the Tavistock, Tavistock Institute is located. And this guy Reese, um, he 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 teamed up with a, with another German scientist. Now he wasn't he wasn't a Nazi because he came over. Um, he came over actually before the war. He went over to England anyway before the war. Uh, a lot of the Jewish scientists like Einstein. Uh, they kind of escaped before the war. They they saw they saw what was happening, and they were like, "Okay, I'm out of here." Um, this this guy's name is Lewin, um, and and he did studies of of how to manipulate human consciousness, and you know really delved into how humans persuaded to do such and such, whatever whatever it is he wanted to do. So he really did kind of deep studies on that and they used his research and this guy Reese and they kind of put their heads together and then developed the Tavistock Institute which was really a concerted effort to manipulate the the masses into thinking a certain way there's another coming sort of one one mind what like a herd mentality almost like a hive mind as it were one of the like things, what? one of the things that they were researching is, is that how can how can they manipulate and create the hive mentality, the human mind, yes, the human exactly. Another yes. thing that they also did very early on was that they were they were investigating, um, or at least some of the scientists who started the Tavistock Institute, they wanted to figure out at what point do men bro- are broken from shell shock, at what point. Mm-hmm. How much can somebody take until they finally snap? How long would it take for for you to break somebody down so completely that they don't have any character of their own anymore? They don't have a free will where it's like they know that they're doing something wrong and they can stop themselves from doing something wrong. Um, right. And we all have that. We all have this. Uh, how 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 far do you have to go to be broken before? Um, you will go along with anything just to get the pain to stop. And the threshold for that is actually pretty low for a lot of people. I mean, it takes, it doesn't take a lot to entice or 
um, coerce somebody to do somebody do something wrong because they're worried about their own well-being or the well-being of somebody that they love. I mean, if somebody kidnapped your kids or children or your wife, um, fellow podcast host, and they said, hey, listen, um, we need you to rob this bank or we need you to mule these drugs, you know, to to this area. And if you don't do this, we're going to hurt your family. You would do that. You think that you wouldn't, but you would. If it was... If we're talking about the, the people that you love more than anything else in the world, you would do anything to protect them, including going along with a crime that you know is wrong. You do anything to, to prevent you, your loved ones from being hurt. Now, the question is, is that how can we break down an entire society to get them to do what it is that we want them to do? The idea that a government is saying, hmm. How can we get people to let down their guard or throw away their morals so they'll go along with this illegal war in this other country that people have never even been to or even heard of? That's one of the things that the Tavistock Institute was actually like looking into. How do you well, not only looking into, but instituting? That's why it's, it's called the Tavistock Institute. They were actually instituting this stuff. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the, 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 the guy, this guy that founded it, Reese, he, he made these unbelievable statement unbelievable to me anyway um, for one of the things he said was that methods of political control based upon driving the majority of the human population towards psychosis that was one of the one of his goals was to, to create that situation so that they could be broken down and then you know change their their thinking patterns changed but it starts it always starts with breaking down um to the point where you're sort of like a blank slate yeah um it's sort of like what the marines say that they do you know they break you down and then they build you up with the kind of thinking that they want you to to embrace you know what i mean so so that you have to take away all the all of the person's preconceived thought patterns and and notions that they have take those away and then you have a blank slate that you can start building these things on and it's pretty that's pretty much what um what's happening here you know all all the things that you perceive as truth or reality are changed so that you don't and it puts you in a state of confusion a state of what he calls it psychosis um he he actually believed that Society was a group of mindless beasts. Yeah. And their minds were just something that were waiting to be manipulated and or destroyed. Didn't he didn't care which. So that's this guy's thinking patterns. You know, I mean, really? Yeah. This guy's actually thinking this? And you know, I'm not so sure he wasn't that far off the mark. You know, he his notion was to put together a cabal of um Psychiatrists, sociologists, anthropologists, um, and and put them into sort of a, a mindset, and and they all were to understand what the impact of art, music, literature, and other cultural modes have on the population. And as we know, that's you know we've talked about this how many times now that the the culture is is manipulating people's thought patterns. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's that's what it comes down to. But this was all, you know, this was all Nazi um, 
thinking patterns. This they didn't come up with the stuff necessarily on their own. They might have tweaked it for their own, you know, for their own uses. But it, it started in Nazi Germany. That's how the Nazi. You know, I I always thought to myself, well, how did how did the Nazis convince the overall German population that what they were doing was was the right way to go? You know, I mean, did, didn't didn't that kind of always seem kind of weird to you? Did it see, that did it seem weird to me? Did, I mean, yeah. that's one of those things where it's like you can look at the whole situation with all of not not the entire country, not the <clears throat> entire country, but a, a, a majority. I mean. Hitler got elected with only thirty-four percent of the the, the the popular vote. Um, they should have had ranked choice voting, I guess. <laughs> you know, and, and and on top of and then people just went along because, well, first of all, it's 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 a prosperity if you if you want to become prosperous in nineteen thirties and forties Germany, join the party. Join this political party. That's one way to get people. Then you go in like with fear. If you don't go well, along with you this, you have terror. You have terror. You have to terror tell the terror fear. factor. You know they they had the he had the um, the Gestapo. You know they, they yeah. you know if you didn't agree <laughs> with what was going on, you, you pretty quickly found yourself in a world of hurt. You know, and that factor was always lingering in the air you know so pretty soon people start to think um well yeah you know i better think that way or you know i'm gonna end up either dead or somewhere not good yeah and that's that's kind of what it was based on too but this was not just happenstance this was a you know this was an engineered method of accomplishing that that goal and i don't know where the nazis got their philosophy from they probably studied um you know past methods of of doing this kind of thing this is not this is i mean this didn't start with the nazis this is not no. a, new, a new strategy it's it's a it's an age-old strategy for for manipulating the whatever the population is that you know that you're dealing with so there you go it's it's some it's some pretty grotesque stuff to look at the the thing is, is people had said we're going to do we're going to do some horrible things, starting with taking over the world and committing genocide. And when and we're going to take over the world in such a way that you're you're either going to submit to our authority or you're going to die. Because not it wasn't only the Jews that were sentenced to concentration camps, intellectuals, so-called communists, people who just did not go along with the program. Right, didn't go with didn't go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. And of course, no, I mean the Jews, the Jews took a you know took a big hit, but um, they weren't the only ones. They you know they 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 probably took the biggest hit, but um, they you know they they took out anybody, they eliminated anybody that didn't get, you know get into lockstep with what they wanted. That's kind of what they did. Um, one of the other interesting quotes I thought in the book was that um, one of the major techniques for breaking morale is through a strategy of terror. Yeah. And and that consists of um, this particular tactic is keeping a person hazy as to where they really stand and just what they might expect to happen. Oh, so that yeah. you're kind of always looking over your shoulder, you know, for the next – uh, shoot a fall or whatever 
or the boot, the next jack boot to fall, maybe. Um, and, and in addition to that, there's vacillations between severe discipl disciplinary measures and promises of good treatment. So it's like, kind of like the good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? That, that kind of thing. Um, and also um, making it unclear as to what particular plan there is in place and what the goal is. So that you're really not, there's not really a definitive um, viewpoint, I guess, to, to, to look at. And, and think about what's going on right now. <laughs> you know, that makes a lot of sense. What, in, in, the, in the realm of politics or the realm of, of yeah, the realm of politics, what's of, going on in our country right now? You know, one day you think it's this and the next day it's this. And one day you think it's this. And so you never really know <laughs> what to focus on. You know, one day it's uh, immigration and the next day it's something else. And, blah, blah, you know, just look at the all the, the things there are to to distract you from whatever the reality. I don't even know what the reality is anymore. If there ever was one, do you know what I'm saying? I, you know, it, it, and it's terrifying for a lot of people to say, "Have I been manipulated? Have I been mentally molested into believing this one thing is true when, in fact, it's the other thing?" It's like everything that I think I know about history is that what actually happened, or is history like really history, or is it just his story, as it were? Whereas History is written by the victors. That's what they always say. Yeah. And that's pretty accurate. So um, it's their, pr again, it comes down to that person or people, whoever it is that's doing the writing. Um, it's their perception of what the reality was of it. You know, you could write something about John Adams or something John Adams did, but it's only as good as the person who, who is relating that unless it's coming right out of John Adams mouth. You know, and then again, that's his perception of reality. It's whatever John Adams perceived as reality or or whoever the historical figure is. You know, so that's the only thing we really know is what their perception of reality is. <clears throat> and that can change. And that's the same thing with whatever spin you want to put on it, whether it's the Kennedy assassination or or whatever the event is. It's it's only as good as what the perception of reality is that that's brought out to us, and that's where mind control comes in, and that's where maneuvering and social engineering come in. All of those perceptions are are maneuvered to to make it fit whatever it is the person wants to get get through to people. That's that's where it lies, really. That's that's what the truth of it, is, or well, whatever the truth is, I don't know. But. That's that's where it stems from, anyway. Right. I think uh, that, and this is one of the things that we started to talk about with Jim uh, before he had to take off. Um, look at all the distractions that we have in modern society, Walt. Mm -hmm. Look at everything that you have to pull you away and stop focusing on what's really important, like like what's really going on. Um. We have all this other mindless entertainment. You have sports. You have comedy and drama. Um, reality TV. You, I mean, average average TV subscribe subscription package. How many channels? Two hundred, maybe. Two hundred channels. And then you look at all the people who don't show up 
to things like town hall meetings or school board meetings. Uh, you go to town hall meetings and it was just like maybe a we're, lot. We're, we're on a on a more micro level, even parent teacher conferences. You know, when I was in education, I was astounded that people wouldn't show up for their kids parent teacher conference. I mean, really? <laughs> what do you have? that's more important than that. What what are you doing? That's more important than that. Television. But, but it happens. It happens more frequently than you would think. Television actually. and video games. Um, and a friend of mine turned me on to this book, and I and I read it about uh, twelve years ago. It's called "Media." <laughs> the The medium is the message. Oh yeah. Uh, and the and the whole idea is that it's not the notion that oh McLuhan right Marshall yeah, McLuhan Marshall McLuhan. Yeah. And the whole thing is is that in he. Um, what got him started on this was the whole thing about the Beatles being on the Ed Sullivan show. Mm-hmm. It's not the fact that the, the Beatles were going to perform on the Ed Sullivan show. It was just like the Beatles were going to be on the Ed Sullivan show. And that's something that everybody absolutely had to watch. And you look at what's going on. But why? But what, back up for a second. Why did everybody have to watch it? What, 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 what was planted in the... American psyche uh, pre Ed Sullivan show that made everybody think um, it was the media. Oh, hype. I have to, I have to watch that. It was the media hype. Well, it was part of it. Yeah, it, that was part of it. But it was also, I can remember, um, I, I forget what grade I was in, but uh, kids in class saying, Oh, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta watch the Beatles. You know, they're they're just the best. You know, and their music is so great. And the girls are saying, "Oh, they're so cute, and they have these, these, these haircuts that are so different, and they wear these suits that are so, yeah. you know, so great." And the you know, jackets. So yeah. it was, it was, again, it was a manipulation, and it and it probably did start with the media. I guess it had to, but of the perception of the Beatles. You know, I keep going back to that phrase, but that's exactly what it is. It's it's so that you hear ten of your classmates say, "Oh, the Beatles are so great. Their music is so good." Pretty much, you start thinking, "Well, you know, I want to be part of that group. The, incro- the incro- you know, I want to be socially acceptable. So I'm going to say, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, oh, Ringo has a big nose. You know, what what a what an ugly dude he is. How could anybody like him? I'm not going to say that as a, somebody that doesn't even really have fully formed opinions yet so that sort of gets just carried on down the line so pretty soon everybody thinks the Beatles are are great you know they're they're just wonderful here's a here's an issue that i got into and this is what got me into trouble when i was in high school Mm. whereas my pseudo among among other things among other things among other things but this is what really sort of separated me from everybody else um my my mother's boyfriend got into a fight with me because he thought I was being a, a a dink because I couldn't remember the name of the star basketball players in in, in high school. The high, What's a dink? What's a dink? Like a dork? Like a dork. I was just being a dork because I, like I was being a obstinate. It's mm-hmm. like I was I, I don't know I don't know who the star basketball players are. And he said, everybody knows who the star basketball players are. I don't. Why, why, would I, why would I know who the star basketball players? Everybody must know who they are. Let's break that down for a second. Why do you, you must know who they are? Why do you have so to? You, so you were going rogue, Eric. Even, even then you were going rogue. Yeah, but here's the question. How come, 
How come you have to know who they are? Well, you don't. No, that's no. the thing. You, you don't. No, but that's that, a per, that's a perceived reality. But you, his perception of reality was that if you don't know who the basketball players are, then there's something wrong with you. That you're, you know, that you're. Oh, oh no! He insisted that I knew who they were, and I was just not oh, telling I him. That. I don't that, but but again, that's his perception of reality. Thinking that um, that's the most important fact that everybody should know when in in. The real reality, it, who cares? So, Nobody cares a, a week or a month after right. the season's over. But, Nobody gives a damn but about let's, that. But let's, yeah. let, let's break this down even further, Walt, because this is, this is where I started to go down the road where I, I'm still traveling down now. This is the, the assumption that everybody in school goes to these pep rallies and everybody is indoctrinated into knowing okay these are your gladiators these are the heroes of the school these are the most important people in the school they are more important than you these star basketball players the the, the school revolves around these people who are in athletics Mm -hmm. what about the people the kids on the debate team what about the kids who are in art club what about the kids who are in detention hall every night like yours truly <laughs> what about all these other kids well, and their again, achievements? It's, it, go, it keeps going back to the same thing or it's a, it's a manipulation of of reality of what re, of what reality is the, you know, that becomes the reality for the school that the football players or the bat, whatever the players are, they're they're the most important people because they go out on the field and they win the games and make the school look good and blah blah blah. The the debate team, well, who really cares whether they win the debate or not? You don't think you that know? that's a you don't think that's a problem. I'm not saying it's not a problem. I'm just saying that's that that's the, that's the way reality it is. of it. That's the reality. That's the of reality. It. That's the reality of it. Right, and that's a, that's um, done with intent. You know, you might not think it is, but it is. It's an intention. I knew it was. I knew it was intentional. To, to make you think that if you aren't good at sports, that makes you less than the people who are good. Right. You know, even if they're like intellectual dolts um, that, that, you know, can't put five words into a legible phrase, they're still better than you because they're good at football or they're good at basketball or whatever. And that's the perception of reality. And that's what people are faced with day in and day out. And it's not just that's, you know, that's on a microcosmic level. That is. What about what about on a, on a larger level where if, if you don't have a nice car and nice clothes and a nice house, you're less than the person who does that, irregardless of what those people have to do to get those things. Right. Um, whether it's cheat people or go into debt up to their eyeballs to get those things, it doesn't matter. It's the perception of reality of right. those of what those people are, um, and and that's what we live with. That's that's the whole thing that we live with, and that's what the media does. It's what you know advertising does. It's it's right on down the line, follow, and it goes into the educational system. Follow this line of thinking. Mm-hmm. You read a book like Animal Farm. And then you read a book like 1984 by George Orwell mm-hmm. and everything that that implies, everything revolves around the state and the perception of good. Mm-hmm. The, you know, 
you have to go to this pep rally, which is the 15 minute hate. <laughs> it is. It, the pep rally is a 15 minute hate. Whereas is that you get into a frenzy yelling and screaming and chanting and talking about how much you hate these kids, the other team, the other team. Mm -hmm. And you wonder, and then you look at that and you realize, wait a minute, those are our neighbors for F's sake. (laughs) And it's only a basketball game. It's only a basketball game. Okay, so take that to a much larger scale. And how are the, the rallies that Hitler held in Nuremberg any different than that? They're not. Yeah. That's exactly the same thing. That's exactly it's, what it's, I th- I had that epiphany in in history class where you see clips of Triumph of the Wills and you see Hitler you know working these people up into a frenzy. We need to invade Czechoslovakia. We need to annex uh, Poland and Austria and we're going to take over the world and everybody who is who is not for us is against us and we're going to kill uh, and, these people. and the underlying premise is that we're better than them you know we're better than them because they're subhuman or they're whatever the terms were that he used mm-hmm. um they weren't they weren't um Aryan they, you know they, they weren't of Aryan blood that's that's the thing that he really um ha- hung his hat on is that the Aryans were put you know, on earth to be the ruling class, right? They were the, they were somehow genetically more, um, evolved or more powerful or more, whatever it is, you, whatever adjective you want to put on it. But that was what he was really selling. And so as a result, then the German or the Aryan people had the right to, to, to dominate everybody else. So because you, because they kind of had a right to do that, a God given right or or wherever it came from. David Mamet had mentioned something about this in his latest novel, Chicago, talking about the accident um, of a geological error. The reason, you know, the only reason why that person in Germany during World War One is your enemy is in just purely by accident. He was born in the wrong country. The reason why you're his enemy is because you were accidentally born in, <laughs> in the United States. But you still have to go overseas and you need to kill him because, well, we're at war. And if mm-hmm. you don't go and kill those people during World War One, if you don't kill them so they don't go and make more babies. My they, kids, they even, they, I mean, they my, actually took it that far. My kids will have to fight your kids in the next world war. He actually, you know, two two characters having a conversation about well, why did we go to war? What was World War One all about? And this is just a sidebar in this great novel. Whereas it's like <laughs> that Nazi, that 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 German kid is not my enemy because he's an evil person. That kid is my enemy because he's wearing a uniform of that country's military. And I'm wearing the uniform of my country's military. I have to go and kill him because his leaders are doing bad things, or my leaders in my country well, that's, that's is doing what a bad the whole thing. Idea of nationalism is and uh, patriotism is that you know you're killing somebody else, or or you're you know you're charged with killing somebody else because you're mindset or your country or whatever it is you're fighting for is better than the one that you're fighting against so they deserve to be killed you know they have they should be killed 
and to that, an, that's that's really where patriotism and and that kind of mindset comes from which again is a is a you know is a perception of reality you know we we glorify war so that people think okay well war's okay because you know you're still killing somebody right right I mean, but for good at the reason. end of the day you're still stopping somebody from breathing um is that Okay, if it's for what you perceive to be a noble cause for, you know, def- you know, if somebody's breaking in your house and is going to kill your family, That's different. well, and you have to, you have to stop them from breathing, then, well, you have to do what you have to do. But, right. you know, go over to another country and, and take somebody out. You know, is that a personal threat? At that particular moment, it is, I guess. But, um you know, but that's again getting back to the to how a mindset is created. That's that's what it is. It's 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 what your sort. It's an it's really an indoctrination. Is what it, it really is. It and, and that's what the Tavistock Institute is all about. And if you go on their website, uh, I don't know. Did you get a chance to go on their I website? Did. I, I did. Actually I mentioned look. it to you. I did. I actually looked at it. It's in our show notes. Oh, it is. What did you think of that? What was your what was your um, what did, if you knew nothing at all about Tavistock um, other than going you just you just heard this name Tavistock and said oh that's an interesting oh, it's name a, let me it, go on the website oh it's a, what does it what does it look like oh it's yeah. a great organization that hel- it's trying to bring peace on earth through intellectual stimulation and intellectual debate and you know trying to get the media to do the right thing by reporting the news the right way. It's very it, it it's 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 very intoxicating. It is, and it's by intention. It's intent. I mean, they have these like b- colored balloons on there, you know, to to make you think that it's all well. You know, you equate balloons with happiness, right? When you know you have yeah. balloons at a birthday party and balloons going up in the air, you know, signifies some kind of um, transcendence, I think, or something. You, you know, you look at this whatever, whatever balloons signify. I don't know, about, except for the balloon that the uh, the clown in, in it had. But yeah, that was, <laughs> that was another kind of balloon. I, I, I love this. Um, we are a nonprofit organization which applies social science to contemporary issues and problems. Helping organizations. Yeah, it makes you think that they're doing a wonderful job of. Um, but if you look, if you kind of read into it a little bit, you can see that it's a social, it's a maneuvering of society. If it, You don't have to really dig too deep i don't think to kind of get that if if you're looking for that if, if you don't have any backlog of tavistock information and you go on there you can say oh this looks like a great great organization you know they're they're trying to really enhance um the common man um well not so much but there you go again they're creating a perception when you go on their website isn't that really what it does it it's it's so nice. It's sort of like Margot Thomas's um, free to be you and me sort of like it's a, oh, this is, this is deep thoughts with Jack Handy. It's kind of like, it's very sort of like, it's like very Mr. Rogers. Like it's very, it's very calming. It's like they, all the colors have been picked to look just, just, there's nothing threatening about this Walt. Well, why are you talking? Absolutely. Walt, Absolutely. Walt, Absolutely. Walt, why are you talking bad things about the Tavistock Institute? <laughs> well, and, you know, another thing they're doing is, um, I mean, and, and I'm not trashing them. If, if 
you know, going back to um, going back to um, a couple shows back. Yeah. Um, we had Grant Cameron on. Yes. And we were talking about these these type of movements, you know, and, and people that we, we, we were doing it more kind of in the concept of UFOs and, and yeah. how, that's, how those things get get covered up and stuff. But um, what, what he was saying that these organizations, these groups or these even just individuals, um, they actually believe they don't believe they're evil. Oh, they, no. They believe that they're doing the right thing for humanity. They believe like in that one of those quotes I just read, they, they do see humanity as mindless beasts and, and they're, Sheeple. they're somehow elevated above them. And it's their duty to get these mindless beasts to go in the right direction. It's like being a, a you know, it's like the term the CIA uses, the good shepherd. Right. You know, you're, you're getting these, these, these herding creatures to go the right way it's like being a herding animal herding dog you know in some way that's the way they see it they don't think they're doing it they don't think they're evil no of course they, not they, are you they crazy they really don't think they're evil they're not doing it because they um really have some i don't i mean i don't know how it all works but they they think that they're really trying to move society in a positive direction and they think that you know, in that perception that they have, their own perception, they think that calling the human population is a good thing. There's too many humans. There's too many people drawing on the food supply and the resources and the blah, blah, blah. So by creating a situation that, like one guy uh, in that in that little blurb I sent you, um, he, he said that um, some country in Af- Africa had started using vaccinations and they had cut down the, the infant death rate by so much. And, yeah. and he was saying, well, why do they think that's good? You know, they, they have a whole bunch of people that they're saving that shouldn't shouldn't survive. You know, they're, they're overcoming the natural order of things by using these vaccinations. That's what they really think. That's his thinking pattern. That's 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 scary. That's scary. The crazy thing is, is that you can look at the anti-vax movement. You look at these people who are anti-vaccinations. Now, I want to just stop here and say there are some things in vaccinations that are not good for you. The Marisol is not good for you. But but that's another whole layer. But that's a that's a different thing, version. Right? But the thing is is that but the thing is is that keeping children from dying and allowing kids to grow up and, and become productive adults and contribute to society and, and you know not breaking parents' heart when their kids die at an early age that that is a that is a good thing. But there's a part that's of what me ha- that used to happen. I mean, people used to have a lot of kids because X number of them they knew were going to die. The problem. They'd have 10 kids because they figured like three or four of them are probably going to die because they had no medicine, you know, good medicine or they died from stuff that wouldn't kill people today at all because there's there's better medicine and there's vaccinations and that kind of stuff. There's an aspect. There's two different aspects of the anti-vax movement. There are the people who are like myself, who are very concerned about what's in these vaccinations and whether or not we are over vaccinating kids and putting things into their bodies that doesn't belong. But there are the other people who seem to believe people should not be vaccinated because poor people should not live past the age of four months or six months or whatever. There are these people who are in the anti-vax movement who believe your kid 
does not have the right to survive because you are poor and you are a drain on society. That's what these people actually think. You get these people alone with a cocktail. You talk to them long enough. Some of these people will come right out and say, well, you and your wife, you guys, you you know, you're decent members of society. You're contributing. But all these other people, they need to go. There is an aspect of you uh, of of eugenics within a lot of these movements whereas it's trying to convince stupid people to accidentally kill their own kids oh you don't need seat belts you don't need to but let the kids just play around in back while you're driving while they're secretly thinking secretly thinking if they get into an accident oh god i hope they all die that's what these people think. Well, you're, you're, yeah, I think I think you're talking about really two different things. There are two different things going on the, here. The thing that we don't um, have access to, and we should, is you know, vaccination is really not a complicated scientific uh, concept. You take a, a little bit of of whatever it is that causes the the disease or whatever it is you're trying to inoculate against. And you, you put that in the person, and that creates an immunity within the right, person. Right, Okay? Um, that's, you know, that goes back to, I can remember, I'm, I don't know where, why John Adams keeps coming up, but in the, in the miniseries John Adams, that's when they started using vaccinations against smallpox. Yep. And what they did was they put a little bit of the smallpox into the person. Um, that was actually before they, that was live, you know, live, whatever the bacteria is. Um, and it would, nine times out of ten, it would give you a, uh, a, a light case of smallpox, but then you would have an immunity against it, so you wouldn't get a case that would take you out. Sometimes it did, you know, if somebody had a weakened immune system or something, I guess. But why is all that other crap in there? You know, why is it not just that? And why do we not have real um, clarity as to why they put tamarisol and, and all this other crap in there. What does that do? They'll, they'll have some explanation that it's some kind of a, an agent to make it um, work more efficiently or something. I, I don't know what they use, but um, <clears throat> why don't we know that? So I don't think it's the vaccine itself that's the issue. I think it's the additives that they put in there <clears throat> to embellish it. And who knows what that stuff is and what it's doing and why it's put in there. Maybe that's an agent of of some kind of control too. A lot of mind control is done as we're going to get to, I guess now in the second show as to how drugs are used to, to create mind slaves. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I think another thing that we're going to talk about seems possible in the next show, we're going to be talking about the counterculture movement and LSD. Absolutely. And how that was used to mess kids. Absolutely. Completely. And how an entire generation may have been lost because of the whole tune in, turn on, drop out aspect of society. Not telling it's not it was not just about getting kids to like stop the illegal war in Vietnam. We're talking about people who are we're talking about an institution that was trying to get an entire generation to just drop out of society altogether. And well, the, the term for that is counterinsurgency. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in the next episode. That's, that's what we're going to get to, yeah. And, you know, for example, um, at Woodstock, um, which I almost went to, I didn't, but um, the CIA, there were CIA agents there masquerading as, as hippies, quote-unquote, that were giving out LSD. They were, they were passing it out like candy. 
Why? Um, so it was all part of a definitive movement to man- socially maneuver a whole generation of people in the 60s. Uh, you know, and we're going to get to that, I guess, in the next show. Yeah. But, you know, you brought, you brought up the Beatles before. Well, guess what? There's a lot of thinking um, that, that the Beatles were actually a social, social engineering experiment. And I'm just going to throw that out there to kind of whet people's interest for the next show. But um, that's something man. to, to yeah. chew on. We also have, um, if you go over to the fedorachronicles.com slash library, you are going to see a folder marked Tavistock. And I have a collection of documents that I have been reading and going through. And you can read those documents for yourself. Again, that's the fedorachronicles.com slash library. And you can sort of like read um, a more in-depth version of our show notes, as it were. Um, and I'll be sending the link to you, uh, to Walt, and I will be putting this up on Twitter. And like I said, look, I don't even know if I believe more than half of this stuff. I do think that there is something about what we're reading and what we're seeing is going to raise a lot of eyebrows and get a lot of people thinking and asking questions. Well, that's the, that's the whole point. What's the media trying to do to us? What, what is our government trying to do through the media and through what we put in our bodies, whether it's drugs or alcohol, just food, GMOs? What's, what's, what's going on? Should we be concerned? Yeah. It's, you know, we, we haven't even gotten to uh, – uh, I, I didn't know how far we'd get today because we got off on a couple of tangents, I guess, but um, – how you know how the Nazi philosophy is is really what was the basis for this social manipulation, this this social um, maneuvering of of the psyche of the consciousness is what it comes down to. It's 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 really very insidious. It's it's you know, and I I, I always wondered. Sort of what the you know what are the Illuminati up to? What's you know what what's their game? What's going on with them? Is it just for power? Is it you know how does this? But it's it's really a mass maneuvering of of our consciousness in in all of the areas of entertainment and um, so you so you really have to take a hard look at you know what movies you watch and what what you what you come away with from all these things. You know if you listen to. Um, uh, popular music what, what are the messages in that you know uh, a lot of it is not good not not good stuff you know there's uh, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that next time i guess but um it's something you really have to think about and take a long hard look at it is very concerning uh, the mess- yeah and we you know we've talked about that before but this this really is a lot more detailed about what what's actually going on um what what the messages are that these these people are bringing forward, you know, that we hold up as people that, um, you know, are kind of like iconic, you know, like LeBron James, the guy, the basketball player, um, you know, a lot of people, kids, a lot of kids look up to him. Well, he's been um, photographed numerous times doing Illuminati, making Illuminati symbols of different did you notice the picture of Trump and uh, Kim Jong Il? Oh yeah, 
uh, Kim Jong-un, um, Trump doing the Illuminati triangle with his hands. Did you notice that? Yes. How could you not notice that? <laughs> well, I didn't know. Some people look at it. They don't. Some people don't even know what it is, for one thing. Um, I couldn't figure out what um, <clears throat> Kim was doing with his hands. He was doing something, too. But I'm not sure where all that comes together, you know, so. Is the North Korean but, equivalent to the middle finger? Well, maybe. That could be. It's possible. Yeah. But um, it's just pervasive. It's it's just there. You know, no matter, you know, we, we think that we have a democracy and we don't have a democracy. We have, we have only, again, getting back to perception, we have the perception of a democracy that we actually have um, some choice in things. Yeah. I, don't think, I think we, we, we do have choices, but they all come down to the same thing, actually. They all funnel into the same place. Yeah. Not, it's not good for us. It's never good for us. Yeah. That's the way it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think this is this is uh, probably introduction to this Tavistock Institute episode of the Metaphysical Connection. And yeah, I, well, and, there's clearly another show we can do, maybe two. I don't know. I, I, you know what, Walt? So I, far I, we want to go into it. I, I think that if we really wanted to do this topic, we're not, I mean, we're not going to do the te- – we're going to probably take a couple of breaks, but we could actually do um, and, and one episode a week for the next three months and probably like really get into it and really let people know, hey, this is, this is what's going on. This, mm-hmm. is, this, is, this is the real deal. Yeah. So I guess the next show we'll we'll start getting into how the um you know when you when you start looking at the 60s that's a really really pivotal era yeah. in the in the 20th century. Um in terms of all the all the stuff that went on, you know, all the all the media stuff, all the social um changes um you know the, the changes in the political. You know the assassinations. It's it's crazy when you start thinking about all the stuff that happened in the sixties. Um, a lot of it's not good. No, no. I mean, a lot of it. I mean, I think it's like if you were going to look at JFK, MLK, RFK, these people being assassinated. Um, I think it's like if you look at this, you can definitely see that. And it's like what it's and it's not unlike what I said about the the uh, the last presidential election. I said that this is when, you know, the veil is going to be lifted and you are actually because they don't care anymore. Whoever is in charge is they they Mm -hmm. don't care. They're going to rig this election right in front of you. They're Mm going to rig this election. That's part of the whole. That's where they get the power from the occult power. Yeah. Is by saying. This is what we're doing. What are you going to do about it? You know, look, you know, it's it's almost like wagging it in your face. Right. Uh, you know, another interesting thing that um, the uh, the Tavistock Institute, wh- what year do you think that was founded? There's another Eric quiz. 1948. Close. 1947. Yeah. 1947. A lot of, a lot of other stuff happened in 1947. What, what else happened as, as in 19, 1947, Walt? What, what is it? Yeah. Roswell, Roswell, um, founding of the CIA. Hmm. Gee, I wonder what the, I wonder what the connection is there. But, yeah. but there again, you know, you have all of these kind of, sort of like what seem like coincidences, but not so sure they are, you know? Yeah. So, the- um, another, uh, source that he's, that Eshelin's, um, references a lot is Peter Lavenda's book, Sinister Forces. 
So, so that's something we should look into. I think into um, a little more in depth. So, I'd love, I'd love to get him as a guest. He's, he's a, he's a really uh, learned guy too. Yeah. So, yeah. Next week, our show, uh, we're going to talk about um, the Tavistock Institute and um, the 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 drug counterculture of the 1960s. I think that should be the topic of the next show. And where did that? How did that start? Exactly. And and where did that take us? Yep. Maybe maybe more importantly. So um, yeah. So we can. Uh, we can certainly get another whole show out of this, if not more. Uh, but there's, you know, we have to, we have to, we have to, we can't go without mentioning the JFK assassination. No, the I don't link, think so either. The link to, the link to what we were talking about today. Yeah. And then also the counterculture. And then there's, a, he has another whole chapter on, on television, how television manipulates us. And, um, you know, right on down the line, it just goes on and on and on. So there's probably no end to it. No, there isn't. I think, and this is a topic that we're going to be revisiting again and again. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to hear from some of our listeners on this. It really would be. Like, what what do you guys think? Do you, do you think that the media is um, is being controlled by an external force? Uh, who do you think is really in charge of the Western world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's certainly an intriguing uh, set of ideas. Yeah, that's for sure. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, and form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. I couldn't even believe I saw that. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs>